0: you <laughs>
1: Hello everyone, that song was Pod Friends by Will from America, and I'm your host, Matt Scott, pronouns he, him, and I'm excited to dive into this week's episode of Pod Friends, and just up front wanna thank you all for all of the love and support. It's been so great hearing from people through the pod friends, email pod friends at Rob through social media at Hey pod friends on all platforms and otherwise through social media at Matt Scott GW, just getting the plugs in early. Um, just because you you've all been so incredible reflecting to me, just the, the ways that the stories you've heard have, have resonated with you. And one thing that's so cool about pod friends and being able to host it and really guide people along this journey is that there are so many experiences and so many people's stories that we have yet to truly dive into that um, that we have the opportunity to. And, you know, hopefully more and more people could see themselves through the diversity of stories that we're sharing and through the things I have to share, through the things our guests have to share. Um, we're only in week three, so so much more is to come. And, you know, thinking about just the power of representation, I actually want to invite everyone to think about this question of how we can all be part of creating more inclusive spaces for other people, for other community members around us. Um, That's something that I think about a lot in, in my work with storytelling. And I know that my guest today Who is the one, the only Brooklyn Zed pronouns they them, um, also thinks about. And I actually was first introduced to Zed as part of the Mole Patrol podcast over on reality TV rehab ups, actually here on reality TV rehab ups. Um, Co-hosted, of course, by Josh Wiggler and Jessica Leese, along with Brooklyn Zed. And you can also find Zed on post show recaps, talking about Pose and other shows like Final Fantasy. Um, and of course, Zed was the most recent podcaster mafia winner. So the thing I love in talking about Zed and, and also the thing I love about Zed is that Zed is really a great example of bringing your fullest self to any space, whether that's RHAP or otherwise. And As the title suggests, Zed contains multitudes. There are so many... Um, levels to Zed beyond being a non-binary person and a pronoun advocate, which is so critical and important and something we dive into. Zed also is such a great example that, you know, people have so much to share from their stories. Zed is an actor, a playwright, a combat fighter. So come on pro wrestling. And also someone who grew up in a lower income suburb of Chicago, moved to Brooklyn to really live a dream of working on Broadway worked on Broadway, but also experienced being laid off because of the pandemic. And in that time, really filled that time with podcasting, with protesting and with babysitting and just finding other ways to show up and make the world a better place. And so I look to Zed as an example of someone who's made me more comfortable in speaking up about issues that matter to me as a Black person, as a queer person, and just in general as a person in this world. Um, And has really helped me see that it's okay to have these important conversations in a place like RHAP. Also, we talk about Evie and we talk about non-binary and queer and trans representation a little bit in this episode. But really talk a lot about Evie and specifically reference a cameo that Evie sent to Zed. And um, I actually am including that cameo video at the end of This episode so you could hear at the end of the podcast or watch it at the end if you're looking at my face here on pod friends over on rhap's youtube channel where you could find not only this episode but other episodes of pod friends one thing i'll stress though again is that you know non-binary people don't only need to talk about non-binary issues. Queer people don't only need to talk about queer issues or talk about them at all. One thing I like to stress is that it's not, uh, it's not any community's job to, to, or any individual's job to be the voice of their community. It's a tough position to be in. And I just want to thank Zed for graciously sharing their, their knowledge and perspective and experiences and life life story really with each and every one of us. So I'm excited to put this out into the world and to hear your thoughts, your reactions, what you think, what you learn. Um, one thing I hope that you learn though is that you should be putting your pronouns places, put your pronouns in your social media bio. Instagram has a spot for it. Um, Put it in your email signature, in your Zoom name, or wherever. You know, it's so important to do that. And we talk about that as part of this interview. So a lot to dive into. um, And it's really important, meaningful stuff. And I'm just so thankful to Zed for making that space. But um, I mentioned Zed is someone you could find on the Mole Patrol podcast. And that's one of the reality TV wrap-ups. And so I just want to give a quick shout-out to some of the other reality TV wrap-ups um, that are nominal also probably surrounding this episode of pod friends on the reality TV your half feed. You can check out Asia Welch and Jason Reed who are talking about married at first sight, which is a wild show where experts are trusted to, to connect people with like their spouses and, and people that they're actually going to marry. Jason and Asia have their, their hands and their minds and everything wrapped around it. So They'll help you sort through it. It's, it's wild. I actually started listening to the podcast before watching the show because I knew how overwhelming it might be to dive right in. And they're perfect with the right balance of um, healthy advice, but also humor and, and, and everything that you would expect from Asia and Jason. Also, big shout out to Liana, to Aman, to Beth for their work on the RuPaul's drag race for Hap Up. Um, I'm currently enjoying season 14 of RuPaul's Drag Race. I love that show. I love it even more because they're covering it over on Reality Fever Rehap Ups. And it's just so great to hear them dive into the looks, to the drama, to the misses, especially early on this season. Um, and so check them out on the Reality Fever Rehap Ups feed or, or over on the Drag Race feed. And of course, you can hear me and last week's guest, Mari Fourth, over on the Wrestling Hap Up this week. We're joined by the one, the only Chappelle, aka C Dog, to talk about WWE's Royal Rumble pay-per-view happening this weekend. And so that's the reality TV Rehabs Feed. It's where you could find us, especially until there's Pod Friends Feed. So I'll keep you up to date on that. And otherwise, follow Pod Friends on social media at Hey Pod Friends. Email me at podfriends at robhasawebsite check out Rob has, has a podcast YouTube. That's where you could see my face right now if you want. And you could find it at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. Um, finally, the, the last thing I would say is to really become a patron. Actually now is a great time because it's just the start of, the month start of February is happening in a day or so. And, you know, that's really a great time because you get access to all of the patron benefits for the month. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was playing patron, patron mafia, uh, which was an interesting experience, a very tense one, but a great one to get to know people and connect with people in the RHP patron community. Another thing I love about being a patron is just all of the different groups. I love the different events. I love the exclusive streams. I love that we're able to interact and get to know each other. Discord is another thing. So many places where the RHAP community is coming to life. And um, I would absolutely encourage you to become a patron. I'm, again, I've been a patron for a couple of years and just so thankful that I'm part of this community, especially to be a podcaster in this community, but just in general, be part of this community. And you could check that out and become a patron over at um, either patreon.com slash RHAP or at website website.com slash patreon i just want to mention if you want to suggest guests potential guests for the show you could do it at um, bit.ly slash that's bit.ly slash let me know who you want to see on the show if there are podcasters or other people in this community yourself included who you think would be great to interview in future let me know and let me know why over at bit.ly L Y slash pod friends nom. But now is the time for the introduction. My introduction, my ring announcement. Let me clear my throat making their way to the podcast hailing from brooklyn new york by way of the south side of chicago they're a broadway worker a babysitter and a bastion for justice from protesting to podcasting please welcome a twitch streamer an actor a playwright a fight director a fan of final fantasy a harry potter stan an rhap listener since 2016 a gamer blame josh wiggler a post show recap superstar and the co-host of mole patrol with josh wiggler and jessica lee's please welcome a real world superhero hard rock hope brooklyn zed you were obviously zed you were part of podcaster mafia I Mm -hmm. felt betrayed by you. I felt hurt by you. This is like my version of a final tribal speech. Uh, Explain yourself. Do you have like a strategy for these games that happen? Because you are the a champion of podcasts. I am a champion nowadays. So Uh, this is your exit interview, (laughs) even though it's like three weeks later. (laughs)
2: Listen, that we are almost done with january 2021 and yes. that was like january i don't know third or fourth or something that's sure. still a highlight of january 2021 it was all kind of downhill from there um i didn't have a strategy i was praying to be nothing which i never never hoped for in life uh-huh. um, but kalish mafia has so many rules and so many complicated jobs that i was just like let me just be nothing and try and figure it out because that seems like the least pressure I could have. Yes. Um, and when I was assigned mafia, the only thing I had going for me was I was like, well, at least I know how this job works. Yeah, I, I may not be good at it, but I know what I'm supposed to do. So that's all I have to go off of. Um, so when David was like, yeah, you were playing that thing of like, well, it's my first time. And I'm like, well, it was, and I was the mafia. Like both things can yes. be true.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have, look, I have, I have a lot of questions. There's a lot in depth. We'll dive in one day, but do you play a lot of games like that? Cause I will say I, the first time that I played Mafia virtually was Podcaster Mafia back in June. And then the, and I was Mafia my very first time. So that's <laughs> fun. And then I played again this, this January and that was what it was. Um, but like, do you play a lot of games like, that um that aren't mafia
2: not really when i was like doing theater in like high school it was definitely a big thing we'd do it like a cast party in somebody's backyard Was <laughs> you yeah. play like werewolf or mafia with all your cast members but it's not something i've done as an adult a lot uh i just played a few weeks ago with the folks who watch survivor live together in new york mm. um it was the, my first opportunity to go to a live viewing in years, and I played mm. one round, and I was mafia in that game too, and lost horribly. Um, but we don't talk about that. That's not on video. It doesn't count.
1: You win some, you lose some. Except yeah. now, it and I win the one
2: that all you, the people are watching on the internet. Yeah. Off
1: the record, we love it. But you know, you you are are someone who I'm excited to interview to dive in with. Not only because I admire you, but more because. I think there's, there's like so much to dive into it mm-hmm. where you're really interesting for me is that you kind of just like pot in my mind from where I was sitting, um, on my phone, listening to podcasts. you just like popped up out of nowhere, um, to the mole, the mole patrol <laughs> podcast, obviously with Jess Lee and with Josh Wiggler, but like going, going, uh, cause we'll, we'll get back to that. Just going out, zooming out a little bit. Like who is Brooklyn Zed? And yes, I mean to sound like this is inside the podcaster studio.
2: <laughs> um, who am I? Well, Zed, the name, was born a couple of years ago. Uh, if anybody out there doesn't know, you probably do. But I'm non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Um, Zed is a nickname that came from, uh, I was called Z in high school as a nickname from my birth name. And I tried that out for a stage combat workshop i do stage combat we'll just pepper that in there um totally i was like let me see if i like being called z as like a more gender neutral name and i did and then i immediately flew to the uk for 10 days so z became zed and that just stuck and so that's been my name for like two and a half years now um and it was really cool because in the summer of 2020 uh among all the Awful things that were happening and all the chaos. I met a lot of new people and I got to introduce myself as Zed. And so there's like a whole world of people, including the podcast world, that really only know me as Zed. And so I feel like I get to really be my full self because they don't have some memory or expectation of who I used to be or how I was before. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question or more is about like how I got here. Um,
1: well, I mean anything you say is 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 more information and like giving giving more of a sense of who you are I'm I'm even more curious about like your backstory and who you are Mm -hmm. because you mentioned like combat fighting and like uh being a theater kid and all those things which are super super interesting and I'm sure that I know that there's a lot more but like who who are you even more like how did you I don't know like how yeah how did you grow up like what's your your journey your journey been that's a big so question I, but
2: yeah it's a big question so but in a weirdly easy enough one to answer um uh-huh. i grew up on the south side of chicago uh in the suburbs but when people think of the suburbs of chicago think they think of like the wealthy north suburbs um hmm. i grew up in the poor <laughs> south suburbs uh I went to a school that was like 85% black and 15% Hispanic. And there were a handful of white kids all throughout my life. Um, So to me, that was perfectly normal. And then when I, and I was interested in theater from a young age, I, I did ballet for 15 years. Um, Like I loved performing from the time I was really small uh, and would rope my little brother into (laughs) doing performances with me, which is not his thing. And then when I got to visit relatives in New York, my aunt took me to my first Broadway show, which was Rent in 2004. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is it. I'm moving to New York. I'm going to go to school here. I'm going to live here. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do with my life. Um, and from that moment on, at 14 years old, I was like set on going to NYU. Uh, I had like, I had a fake list of backup schools, but like no interest in applying anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but I was really good at school. So like that worked out okay for me. I did go to NYU and I've been here ever since, um, trying to do theater, doing theater. Uh, I'm an actor and a playwright and a fight director. Sometimes I did lighting design for a while, but there are definitely people who are better at that than me. Um, you know, you you find work where you can. You do, like, weird off-off-off Broadway shows in, like, theaters with leaky dressing rooms in the middle of a thunderstorm. You put on a play right before a pandemic hits that you produced yourself. Um, yeah, I do a lot of stage combat. I've been doing that for over a decade at this point, And I work front of house on Broadway to make actual money yeah. <laughs> while I'm trying to do all the things that don't make so much money yet.
1: Yeah. Broadway. I don't know what. I feel like every time I hear the word Broadway, I just, I, I want to like go to that theatrical place where like I will just mention as a, as a note for you mostly, but also for the listeners is that I, um, you know, I, I, uh, I did like, I hate to, it. It's weird. I never even called it theater, but I did like a few musicals in my middle school, but like I was in Charlie Brown and like something called how to eat like a child was another one and then the last one i was in i was uh jesus and god spell junior which is fun Amazing. when you have like the one kid who's like maybe like one of the only black kids but also like the only one of the only not not catholic kids. Junior. but i i feel like i resonate a lot with like the theater um energy the theater life because a lot of my friends have been like theater kids and adults and all but like I'm I'm so curious with you like what was the like was there a moment growing up where you felt like most like yourself um in in terms of just how you showed up in the world or any time where you're like oh my god that's that was uh that was me living my best life at the time
2: huh that's an interesting question because I think my what I really remember about growing up is like because I was very smart and very curious, I was always like ready to do the next thing. I was like very quickly over whatever the current thing was. So in elementary school, I couldn't wait to get to junior high. And as soon as I was in junior high, I couldn't wait to get to high school. And then I couldn't wait to get to college. Yeah. Um, And it was definitely re- like the minute I moved into my dorm and was like living on my own for the first time, I was like, Oh, okay, let's do like, this is what I want to be doing is like, I'm an extremely independent person. And I was like thrilled to finally be doing my own thing, like in charge of my own schedule and life and choices. Um, And that's where I think I really started to like figure myself out more than, than I did in, in high school or earlier.
1: Yeah. And you know, one reason I, ask that because like maybe that question could be the like thesis or something of the whole interview <laughs> where it's like when like talk. let's talk about like what makes you you right but i i asked that um in contrast to this question which is like how do people perceive you because you've talked about zed being like a name like it's it's who you are now but it hasn't always always been who you are and how you show up and being mm-hmm. Brooklyn ed hasn't always been how you've been able to show up in the world yeah and so i'm curious like not this is going to sound super pretentious but you'll know what i mean like what is your like, do you have, like, a certain brand that people associate you with? I hate, the, I hate that question. I, hate that
2: I know. Question. I do, too, but I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I do. Uh, like, clearly, I'm very, you know, offbeat, off-center. Like, not... I have a shaved head and purple hair. Like, I am Love not it. what anybody's going to expect to be typical. Um I love like hard rock music and so I'm like I can tend to be very like in your face and like loud about those and like very punk about the like even when I'm babysitting I'm in like black t-shirts and like I look the way that I do uh but I hang out with kids anyway um but also I think I'm it's it's always funny on Twitter to be like are you here because I podcast or are you here because of politics and I feel like they're very diametrically opposed in some ways in other ways like I can't separate my politics when I am on a podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's funny, the people who follow me because I am so politically active. And then I'm like tweeting about video games and like a 20 year old TV show or Survivor. Um, And I'm like, this is going to be surprising to people I met like at protests or in like political action groups or something.
1: Yeah, like this. Is, so you you did just drop in mention of like babysitting, for example, and that is as as you've as you've shared, you know, that's counter to your vibe, to your energy, yeah. to the to your brand. Uh, I'm just gonna keep using that word as much as possible because I like to annoy myself a little bit. But um, <laughs> no, but like, what's this babysitting thing?
2: Yeah. Well, day to day has changed several times in the last couple of years oh, and like kind yeah. of changes all the time. Uh If you are a quasi freelancer, like trying to make a life in the arts, picking up jobs here and there to like cobble together an income, which maybe is not just a mm-hmm. life in the arts anymore, but it's sort of like what it is to be a millennial, maybe yeah. um, millennials who have like nine to fives or like steady jobs with regular hours is unfathomable to me. I know they yeah. exist, but I, I don't know those people. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes day to day is like nanny in the afternoon from two to six and then go work on Broadway. Sometimes, you know, Broadway was shut down for a year and a half. I was unemployed, collecting unemployment for a year and a half and then like nannying a bit on the side. And so for a while it was go to the nanny kid's house four days a week from like 1 to 5 p.m. And other than that, my time was my own. Um, when lockdown first started, it was hanging out, playing video games. And then once protests started, it was like, I thought of protest as like going to work. Like my friend and I that I always mm-hmm. protested with would be like, okay, we'll see you at work tomorrow. Uh, when we were protesting every day at like 2 p.m., always yeah. leaving from the same place. Uh now, it's typically I, I, I just work Broadway, um, although my show just closed. So for the next two months, who knows what my day to day is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you work on Broadway, you know, my call time is 545 or 645 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then you work until 10 or 11 at night. And that's and you have matinees on Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's like that's your life. And then the rest of your time, you fill how you want. Uh, and I think some people know I have started streaming obsessively on Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. I only started a couple months ago, but I've come to really love it. So most days a week, uh, before I go to work, you can find me on Twitch playing classic video games, which you can blame on Josh Wiggler.
1: <laughs> we will we will get back to talking about Josh Wiggler, absolutely. But I, I you know, one thing that's interesting to me is understanding more of like how people ended up in this R H a P PSR universe. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll, I just will start with my perspective of realizing, Oh my gosh, there's a podcast about the mole. What? I haven't <laughs> thought about the mole in about 20 years. Let's, let's uh let's roll back the tape and let's watch and let's listen. And then, you were there, and it was kind of just like here, Zed, and <laughs> Zed really pestered us to have this podcast. So
2: Zed, you have to be here. And yeah, that's <laughs> basically what happened.
1: <laughs> but like, what was the? I-, I think it's interesting, even you know, even if people don't know you or know your your backgrounds, like I think it's interesting in the context of what you've shared already, because there's the pandemic that that hit and happened, obviously, which changed a lot of well changed a lot is an understatement of like how Broadway operated and how a yeah. lot of people navigated the world and even daycare and babysitting in situations like that and then you mentioned protests what 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 was going on in your life like this with this series of factors because like I could also see you totally just like dedicating your life to the protesting or to like anything else but you ended up talking with Josh Wiggler and Jessica Lise. Uh, What was that all about?
2: Yeah, it was a wild time. So I've been an RHAP listener since 2016, I think. Um, and so therefore familiar with Josh and familiar with uh, show recaps, although not as much. I, I was not yeah. a huge TV watcher before Josh came into my life. Mm-hmm. Um and on some podcast, somebody was going to make a reference to the mall. And Josh made the mistake of saying, I haven't watched it. Don't tell me. I intend to watch it. I've managed to not be spoiled for 20 years. Don't tell me. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because I thought it would be a great thing for RHAP to do a podcast about the mall, especially as we were like in survivor no man's land. Um, at like the, the early stages of the pandemic where we had no idea if anything was ever coming back on television. Um, and so I started pestering him on Twitter. Occasionally, it became like a running bit. Like anytime he mentioned the mole or like a mole or being on mole patrol, because that's a (laughs) phrase that he's been using for years. I'd be like, Hmm, did you mention the mole? You know, you could do a podcast about the mole. And I did message him privately. And I'm like, if this is too annoying, like, tell me and I'll stop. I like, I know you're one for a bit. So I'm going to keep running with it until you tell me to stop. Um, and then eventually he messaged me and was like, so we're going to do this podcast and you have to be on it. And I was like, I mean, OK, that's not what I was asking for, but I'm, I'm happy to do that. Right. I just wanted it to be a podcast. I didn't know you. OK. Um, And so the first podcast I ever recorded was our, our premier episode of mole patrol. So Josh out of nowhere was like, yeah, come be, I don't, I only kind of know you and you've never been on a podcast, but come co-host this podcast with us. And so that's, that's how it came to be a thing at the same time that I was going to these protests. And, you know, there were fights over the New York city budget uh, in the city council at the time. I got very nose, like, waist deep in like local politics and budget lines and all sorts of things that people don't typically tend to know about. Um, we were occupying city hall at that time. There was one day I came home from having spent the night at city hall, not sleeping, spent the night, yeah. but got maybe two hours of sleep outside on the ground. And I'm like texting Josh and Jess. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm on my way home, but just yeah. praise yourself. Cause I have not slept. Um, but it was really useful to have that outlet to just like be silly um when dealing with such serious stuff every day. Um yeah, that's kind of occasionally I would be I would text them and be like, Hey, I know we're recording tonight, but there's definitely a possibility I'm gonna get arrested. So I'll keep you posted. We're like occupying the MTA headquarters right now. I'll let yeah. you know if anything happens.
1: Wow. Um, it was I like think, a very weird.
2: Yeah like whiplashy kind of experience of like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. I really care about this really important. But then like my presence on a podcast is like, let's talk about this goofy 20 year old reality TV show where I will <laughs> occasionally comment about the police. Cause one of the players is an undercover cop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, they really did love their, their undercover cops and their cops in general, as they still mm-hmm. do on some of these shows. It's a, it's yeah. a choice. Um, but you know, like the thing that stands out to me, maybe that that resonated most other than the fact that I was probably just on a tear listening to like a bunch of podcasts about stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's a show that I would rewatch. Cause I vaguely remembered them all for me. What, what stood out and, this probably applies to a lot of people in hearing your voice is just that like you were talking, you were talking about these issues, like bringing them into the podcast and places where it's not expected. Like, what was the how did you perceive RHAP at the time? And then how did you see your. Like, how did you feel comfortable bringing your voice into into it?
2: I guess. like. Sure. RHEP is not a political podcast. It it had not really had any particular political opinions up to that point. And I would like to say that, you know, arguing for the equality and equity of marginalized people should not be considered a political stance. That's called like human decency. Mm -hmm. Um And I think that's really where I come from. I talked about this on an episode of the Pose uh, recap podcast that I did with Grace, which you guested on. I don't understand the concept of like not having empathy for other people and not seeing that like their struggle is your struggle. So I've I've certainly always been outspoken about these issues like I was in the Gay Straight Alliance when I was in high school and like did the AIDS walk every year and like t- I wrote a speech my freshman year of high school in 2004 about like um uneducated voters and my speech coach was like yeah but this won't really matter after the election in November and the speech season goes until the spring and I was like this is part of the problem yeah um so that's just like who I've always been and the idea that like Oh well, I'm not black so this isn't my problem. It's like yeah, but I but I have black friends and if anything happens to them that affects me too. And so like we're all linked together in that way. And the idea that like somebody's fight is not your fight is I I like I can't I can't comprehend it. And maybe that comes from growing up and I try not to take this for granted because I think I did for a really long time. Like I grew up in a really diverse community in really diverse schools and so that's just what i was used to and so to go to college a very white college and meet people who like had gone to these schools that were really really white or really really rich or both i was like oh this is the culture shock for me not moving to new york city but being around these like rich white people who who have no concept of struggling for anything or knowing people who are different from them that i didn't even really perceive as different from me you know they Mm -hmm. were just the people i grew up with and we all had this common experience of growing up where we did and going to the you know underfunded schools that we did it it like it had bursting pipes that needed to be fixed and like that kind of stuff um so yeah when it came to being on the podcast there was like not there was just no way that i was going to censor myself about that stuff. And Jess Lee certainly has very similar politics to me, which helped. And she is obviously well-established on the network. And so I think I felt like I probably had a little more permission in that way. But it was also just so present at the time um that all these things were happening. And this was as Rob was starting to do the black voices of Survivor Panels mm-hmm. uh and and the class of 2020 was happening and he was like, right, I need to bring in more diverse voices that are not just like the mostly white, mostly men who have been running the network for so long. Um and I appreciated that he was to in fact I said this to him on like a patron call, like a yeah. Friday, Facebook Friday. And I was like, I appreciate that you're doing this because I don't take it for granted that like any old 40-year-old white guy would be like, yeah. oh, I can do something about this. Yeah. And he took a lot of steps and made a lot of space for other people to share their voices and perspectives on the network without him even having to be there. He wasn't like, well, I have to moderate you guys talking because this is my thing. Um, and I think that's really, really important uh, and unique and not something everyone would do. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, I'm going to talk about these things because it's what's happening right now. And it's a way to make this 20-year-old show relevant. Like The things that are happening in this goofy show are still an outlet to talk about the things that are important to me. And I think I kind of do that wherever I go. Like I will bring up stuff about anti-capitalism in anything that I'm doing at every opportunity. And it's been fascinating to watch more and more people wake up to this stuff and like the flaws in our system that is working the way it's designed to work uh, over the last two years. Cause they had the time. We're yeah. also wrapped up in working all the time. And then all of a sudden we all had to slow down. Yeah. You know, We didn't have a choice. We were all stuck in our houses. Uh, a lot of us suddenly didn't have jobs anymore. Um, mm. And we had time to realize the things that were important and the things that weren't and like had time to I know this is not true for everybody. Healthcare workers certainly had no time to do anything. Um, But a vast majority of society suddenly had time to like, think about the things that were important to them, read books, like expose themselves to new stuff. And I think that's part of why the uprising that happened in 2020 was able to happen. Because people had time to pay attention. They had time to be out in the streets. You know, I, before the pandemic, would try to go to protests between shows on a Saturday. I'd like get out of work. I'd go down to a protest and then I'd have to leave early because I had to go back to work. Being able to protest every day was like a privilege for me because normally I would have, I would have had to go to work and I wouldn't be able to be out in the streets for however many hours we were out there. At at a certain point in time, I would have to go leave and do my stupid job. That's like not as important as fighting for the dignity of, of like humanity. But I don't know. I don't yeah.
1: know where exactly I'm going with that. But. No, you. I mean, but, you know, I think the beautiful thing is that regardless of where you're going with that, like, you know who you are and you you are able to like, speak, speak up and use your voice in a way that matters. And the thing that's going through my head right now, which is so unfortunate, is just like the people who will literally hear, the people who still don't get it, right? Like the people who could listen to your words and listen to what you're saying and like not i'm i, I know there will be so many people who are like yes zed you're everything that i always wanted and needed and more and i like i can't believe i haven't heard more from you but then there will also be people who are like oh my gosh you like don't you like well you hate white people or like whatever it might be which is like not at all what is happening here and right. and i i one thing that It's so sad. I'm not going to give that much time to this, but I would just say, you know, if you, if you're someone who is struggling with these concepts of human rights and like how to make space for people, if you're struggling with, if you're struggling with human rights and how to make space for people and how to, you know, like actually be someone who is, who is working toward justice. And if you're struggling to understand the perspectives of people who are doing that, it's good to you know there are lots of books there are lots of podcasts there are lots of ways to learn you could listen to people like zed like come on there's there's so much more to
0: do judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy (laughs)
2: Uh, another thing grace and i talked about on the pose podcast was like oh well the benefit of lockdown has been like we're only around people who respect us and our names and our pronouns and how we show up in the world and we get to choose those spaces and those people whereas like you know now we have to go to our jobs every day and that's not we don't get to pick who's at work or who the public are that we deal with at work um And I was like, what a privilege to, like, have this time to, like, really exist as ourselves. And Grace was like, oh, yeah, what a privilege to, like, be respected.
1: Because just literally because the other people are not there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because you could block them or not get on Zoom with them, maybe. Right. Have there been, like, amazing, any amazing positive responses that have stood out to your voice?
2: Um. I mean, it's generally been really positive. I've met a lot of really wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I eventually shared the cameo from Evie on Twitter that my dear friend Ran purchased for me as a surprise, um, which was just so, so kind of him. Um, But like getting to know Evie on Twitter just through I made a comment when Uh, Rob and Lyrsa were talking the week that Evie went out and being, and they were switching between they, them and she, her pronouns. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this shouldn't be a big deal, but it's a big deal that you're doing it. And I appreciate it that like, you're seeing this and it has, it was great throughout the whole season that um, even though Evie didn't shift to their pronouns until after the show aired that in coverage of it at the time, people were able to respect what Evie's pronouns are now, uh, and so I made sure to talk about that a lot because I, I'm sure that's something that was confusing for some people, um, both well, why are, is everybody using only she her pronouns for her on the show? and I'm then on the flip side, people wondering why they were using they them pronouns for Evie on podcasts. yeah um, and the thing is it's not that complicated, but if it's something you haven't encountered before. I, I'm willing to give people the benefit of the doubt with things that are new to them. It's after you've been had the opportunity to like learn and are choosing to remain ignorant or to not accept and respect someone that it becomes an issue. Um, so I was really I was so excited when I realized that Evie also uses they them pronouns, even if it wasn't on the show, because it was yeah. still going to change how people thought about gender in talking about someone who is on TV. Um, and so we started getting to know each other a little bit and then getting that cameo from, from them. I just like sobbed through the whole thing because it was so kind. Yeah,
1: um,
2: And I'll post it again on Twitter whenever this episode drops so that people can see it if they want to check it out. Um, Cause they just said such really, really kind things about, me like yelling about pronouns on twitter effectively which is something i've been doing for a long time and is very important to me
1: yeah i i'll say like even just in um i remember when i watched that cameo for the first time i kind of just like hit play on evie's cameo because i was just like well they're gonna like they're gonna do like it's gonna be 30 seconds a minute whatever and i was like kind of a little bit multitasking, but I was like, mm-hmm. let me just hit play. I'm like, this is going on for a while. There's a lot <laughs> here. This is really deep. And then I found myself tearing up in the moment, too, because a lot of it um, resonates. And I just rewatched the, the the cameo from Evie, who is phenomenal. And by the way, who I would say there's a world where evie would probably be here in this podcast like thanking you talking to you um which i wish it were that simple but you know like there there's so much there like before talking about evie specifically with representation and the representation they provided like i know that you identify as a as a pronoun advocate but (laughs) like what does that even mean to you? What and what is it that you wish that people knew people generally knew that they don't know about like that and being mm-hmm. like an advocate when it I say pronoun advocate, but I also realize there's so much within that when it comes to like being yeah. a non-binary person and and so on and so forth. But just want to give you the space to like speak to that. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's sort of the glib title I've added to my Twitter bio (laughs) of of pronoun advocate, because it's like two words that I'm using to try and say a lot of things, which Mm -hmm. we can now talk about. Right. Um, Which is that for trans people of any gender identity, spaces are safer for them if cisgender people, that is people who identify with the gender they were assigned at birth, uh, share their pronouns as well. Because trans people, particularly if you use they them pronouns, or if you have transitioned, but don't quote unquote pass as what we think a gender should look like, are more likely to have to have the wrong pronouns used for them and therefore have to correct people or outright share their pronouns because we are not at a point yet where anyone will just assume your pronouns are they them, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, So when if you for people where it's not a big deal, like, yeah, of course my pronouns are she, her. Okay. Well then just, just share them. Right. Cause that makes it, it takes the pressure off and the focus off of people for whom it is, you know, quote unquote different. Uh, it makes it less of a big deal. Um, I had to do a, a zoom training for work before we came back in August and we were doing, you know, these diversity, equity and inclusion, workshops that so many companies are doing yeah. now to show that they care about all the things
1: right it's like um, varying qualities uh quality levels of course yeah
2: and yeah. It, it became pretty clear to me that like the diversity equity and inclusion they were talking about was racially based which is important but it's not the only kind of of diversity or equity right. or inclusion right uh and i always have my pronouns in my display name on zoom on streamyard even though they're cut off here uh mm-hmm. on any anywhere that i can put them you know they're in all of my social media bios they're everywhere uh and I, but in this in this zoom call with these you know diversity people it was just me i was the only one who had my pronouns in my display name um and then one other person changed his and I happened to see him at work the first day I came back. Wow. He's just a substitute usher, so I'd never met him before. And I said, Hey, thank you for changing your display name and putting your pronouns in it. And he was like, Well, yeah, of course. And I was like, Well, you were the only one who did it. So clearly not, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still, it's not common, a common courtesy that people do yet. I will say within the RHAP community, that is far less true at this point, and that is certainly <laughs> largely my fault. Um or my, my, you know, something that I have helped to make happen, which right. I'm very proud of. Uh, but I saw it, you know, filter out or like ripple out through the podcasters. And I've seen more and more listeners do it. Like anytime people like something I've tweeted or comment on it, if I go to my notifications and I look at the list of people, I always check for pronouns first. And it makes me you guys have no idea how much it makes me smile so big when I see pronouns there. It's a it's it costs nothing. It's such a free, easy thing you can do. And it makes people like me feel more comfortable and more safe when we're out in like the public where you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, I'm on Twitch now and I have had a couple people come into my stream and now I get very wary if somebody starts talking in my chat and hasn't followed me. Because yeah. that often means that there are a troll coming in to say that like, oh, I'm really a girl, but I'm just ugly. So that's why I'm using they them pronouns or like there are only two genders or blah, 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 whatever. And like I delete it and move on. But yeah, I don't yeah. know if it occurs to some people that that's a thing that happens. The same way that, like, I'm sure racial, I mean, we see it all the time that racial bullying happens to contestants on Survivor, to just like anybody who has a public platform of any kind. Um, The way that tons of misogynist things get said towards women on the Internet all the time. Um, And one small, small, small way, you know, you don't get any hero points or like trophies or or, like ribbons for doing this. But but one tiny thing you can do is putting your pronouns in your bio on your name tag at a meeting on your on your zoom profile like anywhere in your email signature anywhere you put your name put your pronouns it, it you may not even know that it's making a difference to somebody but i promise you that that it definitely is and people like me see it and really really appreciate it so
1: yeah yeah and, and that's is pro- pronouns da, da, da. Put them in things. Uh, yeah, take take a moment now if you're listening to do it. I, I like to stop and just like remind people that they're not just listening to podcasts, but like the words that you're saying actually matter. So maybe someone could like take this moment as I'm talking to put their pronouns in their <laughs> bio or signature or display name or Instagram wherever. made a spot Zoom. for it.
2: You don't even yeah. have to put it in your bio anymore. There's a whole separate space where you can put yeah. your pronouns.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because like you won't even remember. Like I, I went to my Twitter the and I think I was updating my bio the other day and I was like, wait, this he, him is is it's just it's in my display name. It's not yeah it's easy. You could do it. And like literally in the time that we've been talking about it. Hopefully in the time that you were talking about it, someone's like started to look of at places that they could make those updates. Mm-hmm. But something that I have kind of I don't know, something that I've, I've like struggled with a little bit recently, especially is, and like the shorthand of it, which I will definitely explain is that I've had the thought of like, Oh my God. I, I feel so frustrated by like gender at times because, because of like the stereotypes and things. Like I remember a few weeks ago. I was going through DC and like I saw an older person like crossing the street and I was having a conversation where I was like, Oh, that's like an old, like an old lady or, and and then I was kicking myself and I keep catching myself where I'm like almost annoyed at the fact that gender and like as beautiful as it is, our stereotypes could be so pervasive and like affect how we show up in the world. Yeah. That's something I, I kind of, am like curious about from your perspective because there are the trolls and horrible people who like um either i don't want to say who don't get it because that's not necessarily the horrible people they don't get it but they also like are hateful or like militant about it at times and there's there's like a spectrum of people who are not not cool or like you know being inclusive and supportive but beyond that i'm kind of curious like in in any community, whether it's thinking of like your, your acting in, in theatre um, or beyond that, like is there? Uh, I don't know. I will say, as like as as me, I sometimes like worry about like accidentally misgendering people and like using the wrong pronouns. You know, maybe it's a group of people, and then I see someone, I hear someone being misgendered, and then. I just don't know what to do or to say mm-hmm. or like how to show up. And I figured you're a good person to talk to about that, even though it's not your responsibility to explain these things to me.
2: Yeah. Um, so it is a thing that comes up. Um, it can be tricky. You know, if you only know me by voice and I have what is, you know, considered a typically feminine voice. So if that's your main experience of me, then you're going to have certain percept like, preconceived notions or perceptions about what that means about who I am Mm -hmm. Um, and to get kind of personal about it like I I think I questioned my gender for half of my life literally I didn't even realize that's what I was doing but for like half of my life up to that point before I was like I'm gonna try they them pronouns and see how it feels Mm -hmm. and the thing about the funny thing is like I want pronouns to matter less but using they, and pronouns makes them exactly. matter so much more. And it's so frustrating. Um, but I was like, I don't know. Woman just feels wrong. I hate being addressed in a group as ladies. Right. Um, that, that has driven me crazy for years and years and years. Um, I hate anyone calling anyone young lady it's so oh god it's just like so demeaning and like that's what my grandfather called me when i was like eight and got dressed up for church
1: yeah
2: i'm over 30 years old i am not a young lady yeah um and so i was just like i don't know these these words feel very dissonant in my brain to how i like perceive myself in the world and the way that i move through the world and like sometimes i like to wear a dress and wear makeup and like you know But it, but that feels like dressing up, you know, it feels like putting on a role that I want to play that day. But that's kind of how gender feels to me every day, you know, it shifts a little bit and how I want to be perceived shifts a little bit and that, and I wish everybody could kind of live in more of that freedom, you know, of not having to present themselves the same way all the time or live up to some specific expectation of what masculinity or femininity is. And a really something I really love about where I work is my boss, who is a super rad queer person who is now using she, they pronouns. And I lost my mind when she told me that, um, before I even shared my pronoun shift with my boss, Mm-hmm. I'd like I'd been dabbling around with it on like social media but I hadn't made it a big thing at work cuz I was like this is going to be like a whole project of getting everybody to shift if that's a thing that happens. Um but even before that became a thing at my job, my boss had a us start using, you know, gender neutral language in reference to the patrons in the theater. Like you say the person wearing the green pants rather than the woman um. wearing the green pants. And The more you can do that wherever you work, anywhere, especially if you interact with the public, but even if you don't, um, just not assuming someone's gender until they tell you, uh, is it's, it's challenging. It's challenging for me too. I make mistakes too, but the more you can just think of people as people rather than as a man or a woman, there's, they can still be that, but everybody is a person, um, Someone said in one of our pre-show meetings, like, yeah. well, if you're not a man or a woman, what, how do I refer to you? And I was like, a person? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know, just a person. Um, yeah, so like it—it it is definitely like a constant practice in your brain to shift your thinking that way because everything in our society is so gendered. You know, I looked for a a travel thermos to keep my coffee warm and I searched thermos and it came up with four men, four women in like the drop down menu. And I was like, do people drink differently? (laughs) You know, like to the nth degree, anything Uh, you can think of, they've made a way to make it more expensive for women. Um, But also just to like create these divides in how we're supposed to exist in the world that makes it so much harder. I think for everybody, you know, the patriarchy doesn't just harm women. It harms everyone. Mm -hmm. And think about all the men who have to live up to some specific expectation of manliness. They're not there's like there's no room for softness. Um, And and that's that's awful. You know, people grow up struggling for so long in their lives because they feel like they're not what they're supposed to be when we're all just people trying to figure out how to be people which can be really hard so like the yeah. more we can just let everybody be themselves and it's like if you're a man and you identify as a man and you want to wear a dress that's fine you don't have to be a trans woman to have that body and wear a dress you're this is another thing and like now i'm on my gender soapbox but you, we you love it you offered you offered that i step i up
1: want here. the soapbox i love the <laughs> soapbox i'll hold up the soapbox if it needs to be even higher <laughs>
2: Um, I think an important thing for people to realize, and this can be a hard one to like disconnecting your brain, is that gender identity and gender presentation are not the same thing. We're, now we're in Brooklyn Zed's gender TED talk. Um, oh. But but like non-binary people, like non-binary is not synonymous with androgynous Uh, I wish I had an androgynous body. I definitely don't. That's just like not the way that I'm shaped. Mm -hmm. And therefore, like trying to dress that way does not make me feel good in my clothes. Um, Sometimes I can find men's clothes that fit me well. And I like that. Sometimes I, you know, I wear women's clothes because they're more made for the shape of my body. Uh, We don't really exist in a place yet where clothing just like works For everyone and I'm short on top of it so like that makes things more complicated yeah um but just because I I didn't really change how I was dressing when I changed my pronouns or changed my name um and so in a lot of ways I was like I still feel like the same person and my friend was like well all non-binary people are trans and it took me a while for that to like sink in in my brain and make sense I was like I don't feel trans I don't feel any different than I felt a year ago as far as like my relationship to my body and and myself um but then i booked a flight and had to like fill out a form um on the airplane for the airplane Um, yeah and on british airlines you always you have to have a title um and so i like had to put miss and i was like oh i don't like this and this is what trans (laughs) feels like is like when you don't when like how you feel does not fit how you have to present yourself to society in order to like do things that everybody does like get on an airplane. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's like what moving through the world can be like, you know, like I still use my legal name at the doctor's office. I went to the doctor for the first time at like the end of 2020 and I hadn't heard that name in like nine months. Uh And I was like, Whoa, this is weird. It's fine. I still use it as like my my stage name is like my legal name, which is like the opposite of how <laughs> you're supposed to do these things. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because it definitely feels like a separate person from who I am now. And it's like when I go to the doctor, I have to go be whoever that person is, uh, which I think I'm, I would imagine is not how most people exist in the world.
1: No. And I think it's it's uh, like, even just like the, the awareness of all that is such a beautiful thing to be able to like break down kind of uh, really who you are versus how the world sees you and perceives you versus also who you were in a lot of ways. Because we're all like, regardless of, of our gender identity or I, our identity overall, like I think that something that comes to mind is just that we're all kind of like on a we're all on a journey and we're all evolving in in our in that way um but i think that that something that's so well there are a lot of things that are kind of really special about just talking with you now but one thing that's so special to me is that like even just people hearing your voice and your story and your example and you like talking through pronouns and your own experiences with gender identity and so on and so forth like actually helps them see something that they might not have been able to see about themselves, which I think is the beauty of like, hopefully. Right. But like, you know, the beauty of giving people space to share their stories or, um, you know, having that space for us to have this conversation because representation does matter, which brings me back to Evie because I'm curious, like not only with Evie, but well, Evie for one. Yes. Very curious with Evie, but also just more broadly when it comes to like non-binary representation and the, we talk about representation in the shows that we watch all the time. Like what has that representation been for you again? Like where have you seen yourself and, and what have been some of those people, those characters in the shows and media we consume that have really like resonated with you most?
2: Um, yeah, well, to start with Survivor, the thing about Survivor 41 that was so exciting for me after uh, the tremendous work that everybody did with the with the Soul Survivor campaign and like the diversity initiative is when this season of players came on. Yes, there was racial diversity, but there was also age diversity and there was, you know, multiple queer, visibly queer women at the same time, and they talked mm-hmm. about it. And Ricard was like, oh, yeah, my husband, who's a transgender man and is pregnant with our kid, like it was nothing. It didn't become this whole crazy thing. It was like, if you weren't super paying attention, you might have missed it. But right. I lost my mind um, to have that kind of discussion, just like as part, this is just part of his lived experience. And that's how it should be treated. Um but the fact that it was treated that way was like really remarkable uh to me at least yeah, um, and so being able to see that diversity and like everything that happened with Zeke was terrible, yeah. extremely terrible and traumatizing for a lot of people um and i I totally get not wanting to be the trans survivor player, uh but that visibility. Does matter and like really, really endeared him to me in a whole new way on top of how charismatic he already is um, and what a great storyteller he is and how smart and strategic he is. Um, I was just like, oh, my God, you know, a trans person is playing survivor. That's really exciting. Uh, I think it's challenging in the non-binary space. Because yeah. tribes get divided into bi- by binary gender, you know? Um, and like, even if my, if I were to go on Survivor, which I don't want to do, uh, I but I think about this all the time, is yeah. like, how would I fit into that space? Because I'd be counted as a woman uh, and in any of the challenges that they split by gender, I'd, I'd be counted as a woman. And it's like, what is that going to feel like? Um, something that was like so special to me about what evie talked about in the cameo that i got Mm -hmm. was like being out there was kind of how they were able to come to that realization they had all that space to think about how they were presenting and what their body meant to them um what they tweeted something that absolutely killed me the other day that was like oh when i blindsided myself and (laughs) realized i was (laughs) non-binary Oh. Um in terms of like their yeah. gender presentation, blind decided myself and thought I was a woman or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I retweeted it if you want to find it. Um, but it, I was like, yeah, we don't know until you like really start to think about it. And for me, I know that when it started, or I'm pretty sure is when I saw Rent for the first time to come back to mm-hmm.
3: that
2: is with the character of Angel. And my understanding of it at the time was I was watching a man dress up as like a drag queen. And that was really my first exposure to drag Mm -hmm. or to like gender bending in that sense. Soon after I saw Rocky Horror and like, you know, the world continued to expand (laughs) from there. But I saw that and I was like, oh, my God, I want to be that. And then I was like, well, what does it mean that I want to be a man who wears a dress? Like, what is like, how does gender work like what? Um, and so that's something yeah. that I kind of like sat with and thought about for a long time. Um, and it, as it's become something that more and more people talk about, it's like, yeah, if you're questioning your gender, you're probably not like a cisgender person. Cause that's not something cisgender people do. And I was like, oh, little did I know as I spent 14 years thinking about like what my gender was and how, like what, how I wanted to dress and what that meant and like all of these things. Um, And I came to a point where I was like, oh, when I when I said, like, I want to be that. I realized way later, probably what I actually meant is like, I am that. Yeah. In that, like, it is outside of the norm. It's outside of what's expected. It doesn't fit into a particular box. And like, depending on who you talk to, some people say Angel is trans. Some people say that she's a drag queen. Like pronouns are kind of fluid with Angel. Um but that is something I related to and I didn't even understand how I related to it yet at that time, but that's something uh, that I think really sparked something in me. Um, as far as media goes, there's yeah. not a lot. No. Um, I watched a really incredible show on HBO called, I mean, I'm going to pronounce it todos nosotras, um, but there's an X it's like T O D X S N O S. I can't spell. Uh but there's x's where the o's should be. Right. Um It's a a Brazilian show. It's in Portuguese. I watched it with Spanish subtitles to challenge myself. Um mm-hmm. and it's about a non-binary person in Brazil uh in Sao Paulo, I think, in a place where there's like mm. a lot of hate crime issues. Yeah. Um and like I watched a person Telling their family, no, I'm not a girl, I'm non binary, and like correcting like the feminine ending of words and things. Cause like language matters in how we understand people, how we understand the world around us. Um, and I'd never seen anything like that on television in terms of like how they interacted in a relationship with someone else, how they interacted with the people that they lived with, what getting a job was like, trying to get a haircut to look more masculine. And being like laughed out of the barbershop. shop, mm-hmm. um, I was like absolutely stunned by the portrayal. It was incredible. I, I'm sure you can watch it with English subtitles too. I highly recommend it if you have HBO. It's like six episodes. Um, super. I mean, not a super easy watch, but not a super yeah. long watch. Um, I also really love Betty, which is also on HBO, and there's two seasons mm. of it now. But you get such a. It's about a group of. I would say young women, but I don't even know that that that's the right gender identity for all of them. But there's these like different presentations of kids who are like just out of somewhere around like the just out of high school age in Brooklyn. Um, and there are various gender presentations and relationships and identity issues, uh, that I haven't really seen in a lot yeah. of ways. And then like, of course there's euphoria, but everybody knows yeah. now about euphoria. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, in the non-binary realm, not, not a lot, not a lot yet. Uh, I think there's a non-binary yeah. character on Star Trek, but I have not watched Star Trek. Um, I mean, same. Yeah. Same. So this, oh. I hope there will be more, yeah. but it requires people to use their imagination a little bit. And like, go beyond what they've you know the media that they've experienced for their entire lives and just like dream bigger you know imagine that people can be more than just the things that you've seen them as so far and like your idea of 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 what you know a woman is can expand and your idea of what a person is can expand um it can be ch- it can certainly be challenging and now i'm like veering off your question a little bit no. um but as a as a non-binary actor yeah. um figuring out how i want to present myself for auditions um and also what are you actually asking for if you're asking for a non-binary person do you right. mean an androgynous person because then you're we're wasting our time. Um, do you mean a like m- masculine bodied looking person but who dresses really femme? Do you mean like a a butch uh, more fem like a more feminine looking person but who dresses more butch like what do you what are you asking for? And are you actually open to like any of those things because because like not what does non-binary look like? I don't. I mean, I look non-binary, but so do lots of other people who look nothing like me. You know, yeah. It's it's not a super useful <laughs> descriptor in in a casting call to say looks non-binary. I joke about having yeah. the non-binary haircut of like the shaved head with then like a weird colored hair, but there's so uh, you're, it can non-binary can be anything, and that's exactly. what I love about it. You know, there's not limitations on it, and I think that scares people. Um, that you're willing, that, that I'm confident and willing to exist outside of the rules that are how they understand the world. Well, that's where the the threat comes in.
1: Yeah. And and there is the, there is the side of that, that scares people, but also like, there's also the aspect of like inspiring people. And you said something about like, and you're using this in a different, slightly, well, in related contexts, like that imagination is important in the sense that we need to imagine beyond like what we already know and what we see and who we Mm -hmm. think people should be and how we use pronouns and how we really, how we not only allow gender to show up in our lives and work and everything, but also um, like how we actually employ it. Like, and I think about, my, you know, as a man, for instance, like the ways that I, you know, even though it might be difficult for me to re- like think about my own pr- male privilege, like even when I think of like, especially in contrast to like my identities as a black man, as right. a queer person, as a right. like as these other things, it's difficult for us to kind of challenge the fact sometimes that we have lots of types of privilege all of us have different types of there's lots of types of privilege
2: intersectional identities that have like different yes i grew up white and i grew up with white privilege and that's something i continue to benefit from i also grew up not very wealthy so like you know poor white people exist and that's and you can be poor and not have had class privilege and still have race privilege and that can be a complicated thing to like address in your brain but that's the work you have to do if you like want to help build a better society. And like, this isn't just about gender either. It's like expanding your imagination of what justice looks like, expanding your imagination of what the economy can look like. You know, what is, what is a community? What are the things that support people Um, creating, imagine creating different systems not just trying to fix the, really crappy broken ones that we have that are not people focused they're profit focused Mm -hmm. and like that's just the way that's the way that i talk is like about these sorts of things um but it is we've all got to like dream bigger and think bigger than the systems that we've existed in For, you know, eternity. Capitalism has not been around for eternity. Um, Mm. I have a shirt with an Ursula K. Le Guin quote on it, which says, uh, we live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable, but so did the divine right of kings. Mm. You know, we don't live under a king anymore. Who says we have to live under capitalism forever? Who says that the carceral state has to be our justice, justice in really big quotes uh, forever? who says that gender has to be binary forever it didn't it wasn't always and that's a whole other side how capitalism made the binary gender really really important for the nuclear family thing that is for a different time but yeah. you know it's it's expand expand your ideas of what things can be don't be afraid it it's it can be scary and i'm not saying it's easy um, existing outside of the structures that we've been given is not easy Um, but it's also freeing in certain ways to just be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just doing me, whatever that
1: is. In a lot of ways it's freeing, like not only for you, but for other people. And, um, when I say you, I don't even mean you Zed, but I mean for not only for the listener, but for other people or not only for the individual, but for the world and something that I really want to, like push for and I said this at the start of this podcast. I think it's something about this conversation that I I really want people to like think of themselves as the third person, you know, sitting in this conversation and like listening and kind of but also seeing their role and thinking about what that looks like because There's like, if you are someone who is exhausted by this conversation or frustrated by this conversation, or you're enlivened by this conversation and you see yourself or whatever it might be, I would just encourage whoever it is to like sit with that and like just process that for a second, like before it goes to the next podcast in the queue. Um, Like, think about that or even pause for a second because it all means something, it all says something about us
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: One thing that I just wanted to like reiterate, and I won't even ask that as a question. It's just like, how important you and how you show up in the world is, and I take I I I love Evie. I love Evie's cameo to you. I watched it twice before starting this, um, just like to really get it. And I, I wrote some notes because there was so much there. And you know, some of the things that a couple of things that Evie said that I think are so powerful, and that I want to like reiterate for you is, oh no. <laughs> but yeah i'm okay i'm good good. it's okay it's okay we're we're a tears podcast and all of that um it could always also be edited out but yeah like just uh, um evie said Mm -hmm. seeing people like zed who was so supportive who got the nuance of it Mm -hmm. and that uh that gender is a journey made it easier for them and that's one thing i i wrote down and then also just Evie kept saying this but like it made it easier for Evie to be brave and to and i just want you to know that like you are always making it easier for people to be brave whether it's someone who's non-binary or someone who just kind of like sees you and hears you and sees how you show up and they're like damn i wish i could be that bold and like do that um and be like bold in everything you do and how you use your voice and all we were saying with the mole patrol and talking about capitalism on it. Like that's so it's so amazing. And I'm just thankful that you're that the world and RHAP and, but like anyone who's hearing the sound of my voice right now also has the benefit of hearing your voice um even more. So I just want to shout you out for that. And, um, you know, maybe I know you mentioned tweeting out at cameo, maybe we'll, we might find some way to like, Edited or included in the in the podcast too, just so people could hear. Cool. But you know, as we kind of as we get toward the end of this podcast, on like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I I I'm not trying. I'm not trying to lighten the mood, but I want to ask. The, kind of on a lighter note, like there's so much that you you've we've talked about Broadway a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but also I know that you spend your a lot of your time like. Well, Final Fantasy is one thing. We actually haven't talked about Final Fantasy. We I haven't know no, at all. I, I know nothing about Final Fantasy except for the fact that like in nineteen ninety 1990, nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, um I had a family I had a family friend in like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine who loved Final Fantasy and I didn't get it. Um I didn't get it at all. I didn't I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. But like what you know, we've we've talked about like such heavy uh, meaningful, important things that I'm glad people could hear. But, like, beyond that, like, what does, like, what role does, like, fantasy, not, well, I'll say fantasy stuff because I'm not, like, in the loop on, like, fantasy stuff, but, like, fantasy <laughs> stuff and, like, more fun, <laughs> fun stuff have in your journey?
2: That's a good question. I, you know, often Josh and I have become like wonderfully close over the last couple of years and sort of when you're I'm sure you know this in podcasting with Mari all the time. It's like when you're podcasting with one other person, you sort of always have to be in each other's lives of like, oh, well, this thing came up. So now I have to reschedule this. And like even just on a logistical level, you start to get to know more about like bigger things going on in someone's life, because if totally. you have to reschedule, it is probably for a big reason. Um and obviously, Josh and I got close during the very tumultuous time that was the summer of 2020. Um, and they were like, you know, if you don't want to do this podcast today, that's okay. And I was like, no, I need this as a way to like decompress from all the like real important things that are yeah. happening. I need some time to just like laugh and hang out with my friends. Um, and that's really what streaming on Twitch has become for me now. Like I love podcasting. knew Um, Mm. (laughs) I love podcasting now and getting to talk to like cool people about all these interesting things Um, and I you know a year ago I didn't know anything about Final Fantasy either and now I've played like eight Final Fantasy games or something crazy like that Um, it's 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 a vehicle for other things really for me like I enjoy the stories and it's really cool to to get to play through a story. I think most, if not all podcasters are storytellers and we care about, you know, sharing those experiences and our points of view with the world. Um, But for me, like in addition to all of that, when I get to be on Twitch and part of why I have streamed so consistently, at least up to now, who knows by the time this podcast comes out, what the situation will be. But it's like, the game is there for something to do while we're, I'm, like, talking and hanging out with my friends. Um, I think we've all gotten much more accustomed in the last couple of years to, like internet friendships being just as strong and just as real as in-person ones because they all kind of had to become that. Uh, Anybody in the post show recaps discord knows that like lots of really strong bonds have been formed between people who have never met in person or who have finally gotten to meet in person after talking for a year on the internet. Um, You know, my parents or, or whoever will be like, and these are just people, you know, on the internet. But it's not the '90s yeah. anymore, you know. It's it's these relationships can be so much more dynamic. There's so many ways that we can interact. Um, that I have like incredible supporters in my Twitch community who I feel very close to, who reached out to me when like you know bad news was coming around, and I was like, I'm struggling through some stuff. I'm gonna go play video games so that I can try and not think about it. But like you guys know what's going on. Um, yeah, and. I don't know that it's like that fantasy is like an escape um in the way that I feel like some people mean it because I always see connections to like real world circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, we started the Final Fantasy podcast with Final Fantasy 7, which I think came out in like 1997 or something. Um, but I still saw all these parallels to corporate greed and climate change and what happens when corporations rather than a government are like in charge in charge of deciding what is good for people. Um, and like yeah, it's a fun story and people have swords and like gun arms and like all and magic powers and whatever, but like you can still see those themes that are what makes something resonate for so long. And that's what I really latch on to even, even in a world full of magic. It's like, what's, what's the real part? What's, where's the humanity in it that we can all connect to as people. Um And I think that's why the sort of theater that I like to do and the kind of plays that yeah. I like to write tend to be in like the magical realism space where it's like, look at the world around you and find the things that are, are magical and incredible without there being literal magic. There's like mm. it, it, a lot of the stuff that happens every day is remarkable. And we're like too busy. We're always too busy to like really appreciate, you know, how incredible a relationship between two people can be a miracle that like they managed to find each other and take care of each other. Um, when a community comes together to like, take care of people or make something happen. um, That's the kind of stuff that matters to me. And so it's, it's hard for me to separate the fiction from the reality in that, in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It there's so, there's so much I could dive into with that, but one like quick follow-up I'll, I'll ask is just like, what does I, it's as well, I'll ask what I was just about to ask, which is like, what what does self-care look like for you? But I also say that knowing that, you know, some people, when they think about self-care, think about like, what do I have to do? I'm going to go get my self-care needs to be doing something like getting a massage or like mm-hmm. uh or uh taking a walk when also it's like saying no. And it's these other things that we need to do to kind of like protect ourselves and protect our peace, which is a phrase I've used. I, it's going to pop up in a, in a couple of these podcasts. I just <laughs> but yeah, like what does that self-care look like for you in short? What, what are some of those ways that you take care of yourself? Cause I'm sure I ask because I know there are people who will listen, who are like, okay, this was like a powerful conversation, but also an mm-hmm. emotional one. Like what do I, how can I take care of myself and, and my needs at this point? But what does that look like for you?
2: Um, I think it's really tuning into whether I need to connect or disconnect
3: mm-hmm. at any
2: given time uh being off Facebook for two years has definitely been a big a big move in the <laughs> self care direction um I like Twitter because I know everybody says it's like the cesspool of the internet, but i I do get a lot of information that way, um mm-hmm. which I find really useful, and it's le- it feels to me less self-centered and self-presentational than I feel like Instagram or Facebook are. Um, And so that's, that's why I hang out there. But sometimes it's like reminding myself, I don't need to instantly answer this text message, this message, whatever it is, it can be dealt with later. That's okay. Um, You know, sometimes it's watching half a season of the Great British Baking Show and like not feeling bad about just spending a few hours doing nothing. Um I used to be really, really bad at doing nothing, yeah, uh, I think most people are because we 're mm-hmm. we 're trained that we have to be productive all the time, and if you 're not being productive you 're wasting your time yeah um but that 's not true mm. uh that 's another lie that capitalism tells us
1: I was going to bring up capitalism
2: <laughs> uh-huh. like, yeah, blame capitalism. Um, yeah. yeah, I used to be really, really bad at free time. Like I I needed structure and I needed yeah. to have plans for what I was doing all the time. And now I am much better at it's like, oh, do I need to sleep for another couple hours? And I have the opportunity to do that. I'm going to do that and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want to go play this video game all day and like not talk to anyone? Okay, I'm going to do that. Uh, do I want to spend all day on discord talking to my friends and then like maybe go grab coffee with somebody? Okay, I'll do that. Uh, so I don't think there's a specific, like, this is my self care routine, ritual, whatever. Um, I'm not a big like face mask kind of person. I know that is great for some people. It doesn't do much for me. Um, it's really just like, I I love my space. Like you're all seeing my space right now. This is where I exist most of the time. Uh, And particularly in the last two years, I spent a lot of time making it really like, you know, comfortable and welcoming in a place that I want to be and like feel good being in all the time. Um, And so I just try to like spend time appreciating that and being grateful for the ability to have created that space for myself. And so sometimes that's all it is. It's just like, okay, like appreciating the things that I have and being grateful for what's around me and like just taking it a little slow, you know? Yeah. And other times it's, Oh, I want to be on Twitch for eight hours talking to my friends while playing some video game. Cause I don't want to be like alone with my thoughts all day. It's, it's whatever it is at the time.
1: Yeah. And then I know sometimes, uh, you are, you are a runner. Um, you are a runner. (laughs) You're a runner, Zed. Sometimes times you, I'm you, a runner. You are a runner. In contrast to me, believe me, you are a runner. Um, that's another thing I just wanted to say and establish. It's a cool thing. It's not for everybody. Uh, but uh, It's not I, even really I, I for me.
2: <laughs> I hate running. I just feel it's good relatable. about myself after I've run.
1: I feel great when I look at your Twitter and you post like a picture of you after the run or like mid-run and I'm like <laughs> oh, gross. that's my run too. That's my run. <laughs> we just I did we did that together. Did,
2: we did it together.
1: <laughs> we did it together. And we, we did this interview together. And there's so much more we could dive into. I feel like we could be here forever. Yeah. Maybe like the I you know like two two more questions I'll ask. I always want to ask a question about like if your life were a book or documentary what would the title be and why? And I'll get there. But I want to ask quite another question first which is just like about you know you we've talked about joss joss uh joss, joss josh 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 wiggler yeah uh and i'm getting he gives me butterflies um but yes tyler weigert and <laughs> um and also jessica lease uh otherwise known as jessica lease not tyler weigert um and i'm just like curious about like what role they've played what role just other podcasters have played in you know in the last almost couple of years of your your yeah. life i think it's always nice to like stop and reflect on that or share that
2: well Josh and Jess were the first people to come over to my house in the pandemic, uh, in September of 2021, after like, I had not had anyone over for, you know, however a a year and a half or however long that had been. Um, and we were talking about it and about how weird it was going to be. And we all just agreed that it was fine. It would be weird. And we would just let it be weird and be okay with it. Um, and it was really, really lovely. And Mm -hmm. as I said earlier, I think like, recognizing that Jess was like a hundred percent on board with my politics and like was willing to say those things too. Um, and I think has always been like a little bit of that voice on the network right. as one of the only women who's been around for a really long time, um, willing to say things that other people don't, or just having a perspective that other people don't uh, certainly made it easier and more comfortable for me to do that too. Um Cause I was like, yeah, we're in this together. And I'm not just like out here on a limb by myself saying crazy leftist things. Hmm. Um, And Josh has been like so incredibly supportive of me for the last almost two years. Uh, He's always like, if you don't want to do this, like if you ever need a break, you let me know. And I'm like, no, this is the thing I need to do in order to be able to keep doing the other things. Um, Yeah. He's an incredibly too empathetic person. uh, So kind and generous. Um, really really funny like makes me funnier for sure makes me stupider for sure like helps me let go a little bit because yeah. surprise I'm a very type A person Um, and I think it has helped me to like loosen up and have a little bit more fun than I might otherwise Uh, and I really really cherish that he has been someone I've been able to like trust with like really difficult stuff yeah. over the last couple of years as we've both gone through a lot of things and transitions in and out of jobs and pandemic life and whatever Um, almost every week for like the last two years I've had an appointment on my calendar to talk to Josh about a video game and Uh inevitably there's like always a bit of a catch-up session in there too and when we weren't podcasting for a while he was a, a rare friend who was like Hey, can, can we get on the phone and like catch up for a little bit? Cause we haven't talked in, in however long. And I was like, Whoa, a real phone call, uh, which I typically don't love doing, but I was like, I was so honored that he wanted to like take time out of his incredibly busy hundred podcast a week schedule to just talk to me as people. Um, yeah, I can't sing Josh's praises enough. I feel incredibly lucky to count him among one of my closest friends, my cat, is, is finally making an appearance on this podcast. I think.
1: Yes. Um, we, we love, we love animal encounters on, on pod friends. Yeah. Pod friends aren't only uh, two legged friends, but four legged <laughs> friends too, to uh-huh. other like, leg like numbers. Um, but yeah. Wow. This is like, this is, I, I love to hear that. And, you know, to wrap us up, because we've definitely been here way too long. I will say that I'm, I, I'm just always so amazed and thankful when there are people who like make it to the end ish and like are still listening. And I'm just, I actually really love the people who are listening to the end here, especially if they didn't like know you from somewhere else or listen to you on mole patrol because like that inevitably happens on RHAP Mm -hmm. and any podcast network, I guess. But yeah, I, I just wanted to ask like, you know, maybe to sum things up, because we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this and continue this conversation otherwise. Like uh, your life, book, documentary, things. I, I love to ask this question to like interviewees at the end of if your life were a book or documentary, Zed, what mm-hmm. would the title be and why?
2: Uh, <laughs> it used to be my display name on Twitter, and I think this is what um, it would be, yeah. is is Brooklyn Zed, uh, and then like brackets, contains multitudes, the way that they put mm-hmm. like contains nuts or, or dairy or whatever yeah. on a package. Yeah. Um, because that's really what it is. I feel like we all are, but I'm certainly like acutely aware as a person of like shifting identities and and not values, but like what I'm focusing on or what feels like the most important part of how I'm moving through the world can change at times. Uh, So I would find it really difficult to like pin a a documentary or biography title on like an accomplishment or an idea uh, because everything feels so expansive to me. And like picking a title feels like putting a finite decision of what's important on it. Um, and I think we, as people all contain multitudes and the more that we can tap into that for ourselves and appreciate those things and those things that sometimes conflict with each other, um, and don't always make sense together. And it's like, oh, that's okay. They can just both be there and we can like figure those things out as we go along and not put so much pressure on ourselves to have everything make sense and all fit in a box at once. Um, so yeah, Brooklyn ed contains multitudes i think is is what it would be um Um, and you are so good at what you do and it is so lovely to get to talk to you again i just like i fell in love with you when you came on the pose podcast and i was like oh my god i could talk to matt forever let's just hang out all the time um so i'm really really glad we got to do this and chat again uh because you're a delight and like your face is just glowing and your smile is so infectious (laughs) literally
1: my ring light Um. is too bright right now Um, (laughs) yeah but like your face
2: lights up when you smile and i can tell that like you're invested in the conversations that you're having um and i think we're both here we've come we've come to this place from like i think very different places mm-hmm. and I know that you like make your films and do all these communications things. Yeah. Um but I think we're both here trying to use our platform to like expand people's understandings and I think the biggest thing we can all do to make the world a better place is like try and have a little more empathy. Uh and I'm sure that this podcast is going to do that. So I really appreciate that you're doing that and that you offered me the opportunity to come have this conversation with you because it has been a delight. It's been a delight. Oh,
1: I can keep going. Oh, oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, I'm like, do I stop recording now? Yeah. It's like I'm right back at you for all of it. I'm going to stop recording now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast and for being on this journey. And I really just want to thank you. If you are someone who's tuning in and hearing my voice right now as we conclude the episode, let me know. Like, tweet Tweet PodFriends at Hey Podfriends on social media or tag me at matscottgw because it's so cool to hear not only the people who tuned in, because at times, as I'm sure you, you'll hear us talk about on these podcasts, sometimes it feels like no one's listening. Sometimes it feels like no one's watching. Um, tweet me at HeyPodFriends, at MattScottGW. Let me know um, that you're listening. And also what resonated with you from this conversation with Brooklyn Z. I I want to give a special thanks to the RHAP team, to Scott St. Pierre, to Sam Moore, to Hannah Lidsky, to, to Chelsea Lester, to Tricky Rice, to Rob Sesternino, to everyone who's part of putting this podcast together and putting it out into the world. It means so much it means so much that you listeners are tuned in and listening. So thank you so much for all of this. And again, at Hey Pod Friends, Podfriends at website.com Before closing out, I just wanna mention that at the very end of the episode, if you're seeing some time remaining, it's because We are going to play the cameo or at least part of the cameo from Evie to Brooklyn Zed. So um, definitely listen in for that. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting, for being part of the conversation. And thank you most of all for being a pod friend.
3: Hey Brooklyn Zed, what's going on? This is Evie from Survivor 41 reaching out on behalf of Ran and the entire Post Show Recaps Final Fantasy group to just reach out and say hello. Um, of course, I've seen you on Twitter and I think you're a really really awesome person. And so I'm so excited that someone got you this cameo. So I get to reach out to you directly. I, from what I've seen of you on Twitter, you spend, a you, you put a lot of energy out there into the world, um, an ad, advocate for awesome things. And you're part of post show recaps. So you're making content to make people happy. Um, and so you as someone that spends energy and effort making others happy, and advocating for other people on issues that are important to you. You deserve to get that back. And so I'm really, really happy that I could uh that I could be part of that and hopefully um sending some light back to you. Yeah, so I'm 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 really happy, happy that I get to be there, be here and be part of this. Um like I said, I I've loved seeing you on Twitter. Um let me see if I can give you some uh behind-the-scenes stuff from the show that could maybe uh be helpful. For example, the iconic. Uh, rainbow underwear. They're kind of dirty, obviously, <laughs> uh, but they have been washed, so I can tolerate the smell. I, it was not good after on the island. Trust me. Um, but seriously, like going out there and being an uh, openly queer person, and then being open about my gender journey after the show, which is honestly something that I felt very nervous about doing. Not because I was nervous about being out, about being like gender queer, non-binary, but because I felt this like dissidence of that on the show I was not, I wasn't, I like wasn't fully aware of that myself. Like it was obviously, you know, I have a very, like, I've always had, a, or for many years I've had a very like genderqueer, gender presentation, but it wasn't really till, you know, I was like out there on the island doing hours of like, hmm, well, as a woman on YASA, you know, that I was just like, you know what, that's just not right. Uh, so I kind of like had that realization more, While I was out there, um, and so I obviously was going to be like open about that and like right away talk to my partner about it and got some clarity about that with my friends and things like that. But I was a little worried, you know, if I, I felt like I had to like nail down what my identity was before the show came out because otherwise like, because I was about to be this like public person, you know? And so I felt a lot of pressure to just kind of like pick my pronouns and like nail down, like what the exact gender label is for my gender and like all that stuff. Um, and, uh, seeing people like you on the internet who are, were so supportive of me um, for coming out about my gender. And also I feel like who get the nuance of it um, and can understand that you can be in a journey around your gender, like made it way easier for me to do that and made me feel really validated in doing that. Um, and I feel like really honored to be like you. Like I explicitly remember you um, explaining to people about, like, they, she pronouns and, like, applauding the, uh, our hot community for doing that. And I, really, that meant a lot to me. Um, and so, like, again, I feel like really happy that I get to send something back to you because that stuff really meant a lot to me and made it like easier for me to be brave and get to be my authentic self, like in public and on the Internet. And I think the entire Survivor, the whole post show recaps community is really, really lucky to have someone like you out there advocating for that that stuff, because I was like really weird. I was like, does this exist really in the RHAB community in the Survivor world? And you proved to me that it does. So seriously, like you mean a lot to me and i really appreciate you and uh i really hope uh that uh that that you know how much you matter and that your words matter and your posts matter and your podcasts matter and you matter absorb the love that people are sending your way because you absolutely deserve to get back what you're putting what you're putting out there because i always picture it like people like you who put out good vibes and and important vibes out there, you're like sending out a little bit of light, you know, and that light shines in other people and makes them brighter. And then they get to shine their lights back on you and to all the people around them. And so, I feel like, you know, I went on the show and I was shining my light and I do feel like it touched a lot of people. And I feel like it was also scary. And you were one of the lights directly shining back at me and making me feel, uh, feel good about that and, and feel seen. So I really appreciate you. Um, I'm really wishing you all the best. Um, and I really hope, you know, there's this is hopefully only one way for the world to go up right now uh, for the way world to go. And that is up given, um, how shitty it is right now. So, um, I'm really hoping all the best for you and thank you so much for being you and, um, stay safe. It's a really scary, uh, COVID time out there and, um, all the best. Seriously, seriously, seriously. Thank you for being you.
0: Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring